Hello, hello, and welcome to Big Energy, Big Magic. This is Rhiannon. I am the host of this podcast. And this week I was really, you know, feeling into collective energy and the conversations that I've been having within. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a client of different coaches and coaching containers, and I'm also a coach. And also just conversations with people around me. And I've just been feeling quite a lot of pressure around the holidays. A lot of the people that I talk to, I talk a lot about how I no longer drink and I'm coming up to three years of sobriety. And I've just been feeling called to talk a little bit more about the process that I walked down, um, I have, you know, this is the first time that I've really, really walked this path of sobriety. I have been, you know, trying to get sober for 12 years, uh, and now I'm coming up to three years alcohol-free, um, but I'll, ex- I'll get to all of that in a moment and really explain what that means, but, you know, what I have to share this week is really centered around sobriety, slips, and spirituality. And I remember thinking, I was like condensing what's going on, you know, in my world and what do I want to share in Big Energy, Big Magic this week. And I was like, man, sobriety, slips, and spirituality could be like a title of my book or something because really it is those three things that I would say make up have really, you know, they've made up my healing journey, choosing to be sober, choosing to have grace and manage and walk through slips in sobriety, slips in my healing journey, sleeps in my slips, (laughs) slips in my leadership journey and choosing spirituality, choosing to be a loving, compassionate, growth-oriented human being those three things are almost like the pillars of, I feel, the medicine that I have to share. Um, they are why I work as an empowerment coach. They are why I work as a sobriety coach. So I wanted to talk specifically, yeah, about sobriety, slips, and spirituality, but I wanted to open up about my take on slips because so slips in the sobriety and addiction world is basically when you engage with a with a drug or a substance and don't go fully into a bender, but you have, let's say, if you're not drinking, you have a glass of wine and you don't, you know, you don't go full in, but it's a slip. And I think this can be a sticky patch for people, um, if not, if not approached in, in a grace centered way. So as I briefly shared, I had been trying to get sober for 12 years and I would rack up, you know, sometimes nine months, nine, 10 months. And then I would have a slip, right? I'd have a, you know, I'd go out and it had been nine months and I was feeling really good about myself. I was probably doing all the yoga, all the good things, all the self-care. And then I'd have a beer or a glass of wine and which is essentially what I would call a slip. And if I had built more self-awareness and more just somatic awareness, like awareness of my body and knowing myself and my boundaries, which is what I fully practice now in my sobriety journey, I didn't practice that before. So I would therefore have a glass of wine and then it would inevitably lead, if not that night, then a few nights later, it would just inevitably progress. And what I've come to learn is that slips are actually 
in my opinion, you know, everyone has different takes on sobriety and addiction, but for me, I'd almost say they were an integral part of my process to sobriety, meaning I don't know if I could have gotten sober without having some slips. Um, Slips are the teaching moments for me. Again, you know, I say this with trepidation because I know that some people are not, everybody has their different takes on sobriety, but in sharing my tools and in my journey, it was the slips that taught me so much about myself and learning to navigate slips and not get what I would call the efforts, like the fuck it's where it's like, oh, well, I had a glass of wine, eff it. I'm just going to go all in now, which is a very kind of like addiction is kind of an all like extreme approach to life and that can carry over. So I want to share actually how I basically used slips to become to to continue and deepen my my sobriety journey. And I'm sharing this really because I understand that there are people who are maybe questioning their drinking, questioning a substance and not 100% sure if they want to call themselves an alcoholic or an addict, but they're like um I don't know, maybe this doesn't serve me. I'm not sure, you know, and really I'm just sharing this especially as we lead up to the holiday season in the hopes that you having a less black and white approach to addiction and sobriety can be really, really helpful and pivotal when it comes to choosing not to engage in that addiction, right? And I'm focused on alcohol. So um, coming up to the holiday season, I hope that this, you know, storytelling podcast really supports you to not, uh, you know, not get the efforts this Christmas season, the party season, the festivity seasons, whatever your calling is for Christmas um, and New Year's and, you know, the holidays, and really just learn to look at slips and exploring how your body responds to alcohol in a different way. So I'll be, and this is something I've been wanting to share anyway, because it's just been on my heart. Um, I talk a lot about, you know, I'm coming up to three years sober, but I'll be completely transparent with you. My first year of sober, of sobriety, right? My sobriety date is January 9, 2020. Honestly, I didn't even track that sobriety date in the first year because I was so unsure of whether this was going to be a forever thing. I didn't know if I was really an addict. I didn't really know if I wanted to have like a sobriety date, quote unquote, like it was all really just an exploration, you know, and keep in mind, I had been trying to get sober for 12 years and, but I still was like, I don't know if I can do fully 100% declare that I'm never drinking again. So I'm just exploring right at that time. So for my first year, this is how slips, I would say in my experience were, they were an integral part of my journey. Like I really share this in the hopes that you don't go down the path that I did that brings a lot of just feeling into my heart where people are like, I slipped, I messed up. I'm so, you know, I, I've had those moments where I was like, how did I slip so bad? I was sober for nine months and then I just, everything imploded because I had a glass and then I, and then I had two and then I did the, had the efforts and I just kept going and I would be really, I lost so, here's an integral thing I want to be said. I lost so much trust in myself. I let myself lose so much trust in myself because I had this story that if I slipped, I had failed and I was starting all over again. And it was just very drastic. 
And that was a very painful thing to have to live, you know, month after month or year after year to keep having this repeated um, self-betrayal. And one of the biggest tools in my sobriety toolkit was kind of the commitment to building self-trust. And I chose to allow slips and let me, I'll get into what that looks like for me in my first year of sobriety, because I, I was like, I'm committed to trusting myself and something about being black and white and saying, no, that's off limits. I'm never doing that. That didn't build self-trust in me. I desired awareness. I desired to make decisions in alignment with who I was, not just because I had declared on January 9 that I wasn't doing something. I, I wanted it to be an integrated process, if that makes sense. So what happened was in the first year, I decided that I, you know, I once again, you know, after 12 years, I was like this, this, I'd come from a bender and I was like, this is just really not working for me. Like I've got to find a way out of this drinking thing that I've got going. And I decided that I wasn't going to tell anybody that I wasn't drinking because I found that a bit triggering. People would have conversations with me like, well, why? You're not that bad. Just control it. Just have one glass. And it would just lead me down this path, a conversation that I didn't want to have. So I was like, look, I'm not telling anybody. I'm going to do this for me. And I'm going to take this absolutely step by step. And I'm going to be with myself 100% present, be with myself, commit to being present for myself with whatever comes up and I'm not going to turn, you know, I found that I didn't want to turn to anybody and say, oh no, am I going to break my, you know, sobriety diet or whatever. It was just this, I just committed to being really connected to myself um, in this process that I was beginning again, right? Choosing to go alcohol free again after 12 years and of trying. And to be honest, in that first year, I, because I didn't tell anyone that I wasn't drinking, I wasn't going out, I wasn't partying, but I did find myself in dinners or in luncheons where people would be drinking and they'd be like, here, have a glass of wine. And this is where, what I would call like a slip, where I was like committed to being present and fully aware and um, trusting myself. And I wasn't willing to say, hey, I'm not drinking, take this back. So I would take the glass and I would build, I would be completely present and aware. And I did have some some online friends that were available to me. I could text them and say, oh, somebody gave me a glass. Um, I'm not going to drink it. And I did in my first year allow myself to have a sip of wine uh, or whatever was put in front of me. And I was very, very cognizant and conscious of not you know, not going there. Like it, it, in, in the sobriety speak, that would be a slip because holding a glass and having a sip, that's a, that's kind of a slip. But I chose to, I chose to use that for my awareness. I would take a sip. I'd put the glass down and be like, okay, I'm, you know, and I would just be so present with my body. And I, that something about the process of being at peace with slips and being really trustingly present with myself allowed me to keep going. You know, it was what worked for me versus a totally black and white um, 
you know, I'm not drinking, that's the line in the sand and forevermore I'm not going to drink because I declared it, you know, back in January 9. There was something more integrated about this process. And to be honest, I, I can feel like a little bit of um, defensiveness coming up in me because I'm already thinking like, well, I hope, you know, I hope I don't sound... I'm not trying to mislead anybody uh, that that I genuinely believe that I was sober that first year. Um, yes, I sometimes would hold a glass of wine and I did have a few sips just to kind of not have to explain that I wasn't drinking, but I didn't I wouldn't go into the full buzz. And that was the first time that I ever did not, you know, being sober. That was the first time I ever did that approach in the past. It had always been absolutely no alcohol, absolutely not. This is my line. And I'm sharing this because I just pray that if you are also somebody who is contemplating stopping drinking, there can be, you know, a way to have a grace-centered, curious approach to stopping drinking. It doesn't have to be a line in the sand forevermore that might not always work for everybody. And that was, that didn't work for me. And um, I feel a lot of, you know, a lot of pain and a lot of challenge from trying to do that so many years and just being unable. For me, it was, it, it is still a process, a constant process. Like I'm not, you know, I'm about to come to my sobriety date of three years. But to be honest, I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm three years ahead of myself. It's it's not a linear thing. It's like this, I constant like I no longer, you know, I, I no longer, you know, accept wine. I don't hold any glasses. Everybody knows that I'm sober now, but it's still like, I still feel like I slip mentally or I still slip in my health. I still have days where I kind of trip up and I don't, you know, it's not linear. And I think it can be so... Um, especially if you're someone who, who can be a bit hard on yourself or can, can you know, lack self-trust, it can be really painful to experience pitfalls or slips um, and, and take it as an all or nothing approach is basically the summary of that story. Um, I'll be honest, yeah, it, it, even, it even makes me uncomfortable to share that in my first year, yeah, I, you know, I consider that a sober year. I never, I didn't get any buzz, I didn't uh, drink any entire glasses, but I do sometimes in the sobriety world, it can be like, oh, well, if you had a sip, then you were, you know, then you're off the wagon, you're off the team. <laughs> but in, I'm sharing this because I hope that there are more voices around the, all the nuances around choosing to be alcohol free like it doesn't you know you can make it work for you and I think that that is so important because it might have you know might have saved me <laughs> many many years of stopping and starting and going to a lot of extremes um, just to stop so yeah I do feel a little bit of like oh gosh I hope you know I almost feel like oh is someone going to call me out because I'm you know explaining that I did have um, that was my process in my first year and then it was really in year two and year three that I you know learned from those moments and learned step by step to be okay with you know hey I haven't drank in in a year so you know I don't need the glass of wine I'm not going to drink it and and I think something about being open to the alcohol at that time like it was there and being open to 
being aware of the process, right? Like I think because in the past I had been so black and white, I wasn't really open to learn about, hey, why why do I go, you know, why do I want to keep drinking? And when I was more like I had that glass in my hand, I was deeply committed to being self-aware. So I'd be like, okay, you know, why, why would I want to keep drinking? Why would I want, you know, oh, cause I'm feeling a little nervous. Cause you know, there's new people in this room and I'm, you know, I'm not sure how to manage this nervous energy. And something about that openness in, you know, being a little bit more open to slips, it allowed me to learn and to grow and to really do the work of sobriety. So I am sharing about this because basically slips are what allowed me to integrate in the what I would call the spiritual aspect, it's the spiritual, self-aware, prayerful side that was, you know, I really believe that my spirituality deepened when I developed more grace with myself and more honesty and vulnerability, which was birthed from seeing, you know, I kind of had a slip. I kind of had a, you know, I, I okay, I didn't want to say yes to that glass, but gosh, I'm holding it, you know, um, and that was what deepened my exploration of myself, my desire to, you know, to, to know what to bring when I was inquiring more about spirituality and inquiring more about myself. It was, you know, I was very, very conscious of my shadows and the triggers and they came up quite often because I wasn't just shut off from, from, from alcohol. I was more exposed to it. Um, and, and I hope that this is landing correctly because I never want to give the wrong advice for somebody who might need, you know, everybody needs different approaches. Some of you might have a different type of addiction wherein, you know, exposing yourself regularly to alcohol for the first six months or so, that might not be the best idea. But I know for me, um, I very much wanted to hear stories of people who were, yeah, doing it in a different approach, in a less black and white approach. And a really good book that I want to share that is actually very much what I am talking about here. Um, it's called Quit Like a Woman. Um, the name of the author is escaping me right now. Um, I have mixed feelings about the book, but she does have a really good approach to sobriety, which is very awareness-centered. And she is someone who didn't resonate with AA and was a lot more like you know, building awareness around drinking and how your body really feels in the process versus just not drinking because you said you weren't, you know, two weeks ago. It was a lot more of like a spiritual aware decision and process in every moment. So if some of this is piquing your interest, um, I hope that this, you know, this is all making sense. But if some of this is piquing your interest or you'd like to learn more about it, I definitely recommend Quit Like a Woman. It's in the show notes. And as the holiday season is coming up, I would love to invite you as well. If you are feeling like you'd like more conversation around this, or if you're feeling, you know, committed to having some kind of accountability around sobriety and not drinking, then I have a coaching container available. It's at a very affordable rate. Um, and there is different options for what you're open to at this time. 
They are linked below. They start at 111, so $100, around $100 if you'd like support and accountability and to have more conversation around sobriety, um, slips and spirituality. Gosh, what a tongue twister. <laughs> I was going to say splits for a second. Um, if you'd like support with that, I'm very much calling in all of anyone who's listening who feels this call in their heart of like there is a substance in my life that I feel I am not able to control and if you're feeling lost around it and desiring accountability and a set container where you will be brought to your triggers um, and brought to a place where you can examine your triggers and really have someone there there's going to there's whatsapp support like 20, you can message me anytime to just say hey I'm feeling a little bit tripped up right now and I'm, you know, a lot of the early parts of sobriety, it's like we don't even really know why. Why am I feeling triggered? Why am I feeling anxious? I've just got to talk this out and having a coaching container to be able to do that, I think would be so valuable for anybody who's, you know, feeling a little bit of trepidation around the holiday season, you know, Christmas, New Year's, family just any of that, um, I really think this could be a very invaluable, invaluable tool, valuable tool um, for this, you know, just to really make the most out of this season. You know, I, again, I feel like times where we're deeply triggered or there could be slips, those are the times where a lot of spirituality can be born. A lot of self-awareness can be born if we approach them in an integrous vulnerable, open, uh, connected way. So if you're feeling called to that, I have linked to my sobriety coaching container below. Again, there is a 111 option. So a hundred, a little bit over a hundred dollars and you would have my support over WhatsApp or Telegram. And I think it would just I really invite in anybody who's feeling called to this. Otherwise, if you'd like to just do a couple of voice notes back and forth, I am on Instagram at Rhiannon Hallie, and I've also got my email list. Make sure that you're on it. If you're not, it's linked below in the show notes. And from here, I will send you on your way and I'll be back for next week's podcast as we lead up into Christmas. So I am wishing you a gentle, self-aware um, transition into the holiday season and sending you all of my love. Bye for now.